This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Hello, love. Hi. <laughs> this week, uh, we are going to be covering abductions. Yes, baby. Yes, we've got some really good cases for you today. But I'm with so um, us coming to you on Wednesday, we, of course, are going to have a hump day treat. And this week's a little bit different because we're recording in the morning. So we had to uh, change we, it up a bit for the hump day treat. We skipped the alcohol this time. Yeah. <laughs> had to take a break. <laughs> Plus we're traveling. Yeah. When when you guys um, listen to this, we'll have just come back from New a little... Orleans. Yes. New Orleans. A little <laughs> research trip. Yeah. But uh, what was the treat you brought for us today? Oh my goodness. This one might be my favorite. It's from Louders. I haven't had it. Brittany raves about this bakery all the freaking time. Yes, it's delicious. Um, I got her coffee. I'm too wired for coffee right now. But then we got croissants and also got a cheese Danish. Jesus. This croissant is like as big as my hand, if not bigger. So good. Louders um, is right here, right here in Shreveport. And they do, like, breakfast pastries and cookie cakes and cookies. Mm -hmm. And they even have, like, take-and-bake stuff that you can do. They have, like, sourdough pizza kits and chicken pot pies. Yeah. It's delicious. I want to do the chicken pot pie. Yes. Yummy. Amanda's all about some chicken pot pies. I love me some chicken pot pies. (laughs) At least once a week for lunch at work. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Telling all your secrets. Stop it. Okay, uh, before we get started, don't forget to go follow us on Facebook and Insta. We're going to have all the pictures that we talk about. When we say go to the notes, that's what we mean. Um, so yeah, go on Facebook at Oddities and Curiosities Podcast and Instagram at Oddities and Curiosities Pod. We also throw a few little extra stuff in there. You know, Yeah, you don't want to miss the pictures. It's always no. better to... To put faces to the names that you hear in the cases. Um, but every picture that we talk about is going to go on there. Oh, my so. God. Especially this week. Yes. Definitely. You definitely want to see them this week. <laughs> <laughs> Don't miss out on that. Okay. So I'm going to kick things off with a case that is a little more recent. A lot of y'all have probably heard of it already. But it's very intriguing. And while I had heard it, like I remember seeing it on the news and stuff after it happened i didn't know all of the details so i'm gonna dive right in with the ariel castro case yay so ariel castro um a little bit of background first was born july 10th 1960 in puerto rico to parents pedro castro and lillian rodriguez and if you want to go to the notes i have a picture of him before all of the all the stuff happened. It just says Castro on it. It's like a little headshot. Okay, I'm doing this for my phone this week, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, we've had to switch some <laughs> things up. So I hope the sound quality is good for y'all because we're recording at my house this time. So, oh my goodness, look at cute little thug. <laughs> <laughs> I know with the gold chain and the turtleneck. Uh, and is that earrings? Does he have earrings? It's kind of hard to tell. It's a grainy picture, but um, we're just going to say there's an earring there. I think so. There's at least one earring. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go with that. Okay. Um, so Ariel had nine siblings, both full and half. Some of them were full siblings, some half, um, because when he was a child, his parents divorced. Then the whole family, mom and dad, even though they weren't together, all the siblings immigrated from Puerto Rico to Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Um, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's, all right. Road trip. Bit, bit of a ways, bit of a culture shock, I'm sure. But um, that was really all I could find about him in his childhood. There wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot. So um, okay. we're going to pick back up when he met his girlfriend, Gamilda Figuero, uh, when his family moved across the street from her in the 1980s. Good job. So, yeah, that, that's as good as that's going to get. 
Um, Words are hard. I'm so hard. <laughs> Names. <laughs> Names are hard. Um, if you want to go to the notes, I do have a picture of Grimilda. Mm. That name. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's her and two of their children. That's a, that's the girlfriend. Okay. Um, they were in their early 20s when they met. Uh, the couple moved into their own home at 2207 Seymour Avenue in 1992. This is the home that Castro would remain in. Okay. It was a two-story home with four bedrooms and one bathroom. Hell no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and an unfinished basement. Oh, fuck. Grimilda's sister, Alita, and her husband, Frank, claimed, quote, all hell started breaking loose, end quote, when they moved into the home. So Castro began beating Grimilda. Her injuries over the years included, but are not limited to, mm. a broken nose, broken ribs, broken arms, a blood clot on her brain that resulted in an inoperable tumor, and Jesus. a cracked skull from being thrown down the stairs. <gasps> he was arrested for domestic violence in 1993, but was not indicted by a grand jury. So system fails once again. Grimilda moved out of their home in 1996. Oh, good, good, good. Yes. She got out. Yes, queen. And was able to obtain custody of their four children. But Castro would continue to threaten and attack her and would frequently abduct their children. What the fuck? Yeah, he'd just like go pick them up and then not bring them back. The courts (sighs) would eventually grant her a temporary restraining order, but it was dismissed months later. Grimilda um, ultimately died in April of 2012 due to complications of her brain tumor. So you could argue he killed her. Yeah. Yeah. But um, before his arrest um, at age 52, Castro was a school bus driver. Oh, that's good. Right. Um, But he did end up being fired for bad judgment. (laughs) Uh, Some of the things that he would do that got him fired was uh, make illegal U-turns with children on the bus. Use the bus to go grocery shopping. (laughs) One time he left a child on the bus while he went into his home and had lunch. And another time he left his bus unattended while he took a nap in his home. Was the kid okay? I'm assuming so. God. We're going to say yes because that's how I want it to be. Okay. Um, Because of his termination, his house fell into foreclosure um, for three years of unpaid real estate taxes. I have no sympathy for this asshole. Uh Uh-uh. So, um, getting right into the abductions here, um, mm. we're going to start with Michelle Knight, who disappeared August 23rd, 2002, after leaving her cousin's home. So, if you go to the notes, um, there's a couple pictures in here that we're going to look at multiple times because it's pictures of all three girls together. Okay. So, if you see one that says, then. Yeah. The girl on the right is Michelle Knight. She's the first one. Um, a little brunette. 21 years old. That's what she looked like when she was abducted. The one with the headband? No, the one on the right. Oh, your other right. My other right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You're so pretty. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Michelle Knight was 21 years old. She was scheduled to appear in court that day for a child custody case involving her son, Joey, who was in state custody. So I'm not sure why he was taken away, but, um... I didn't really get into that because this case is so detailed anyway, but um, her son was in the custody of the state of Ohio. Okay. Uh, Police acknowledged that they used limited resources when investigating her disappearance in part because she was an adult, which I think is so messed up. Yeah. I hate when that's an excuse to not, you know. Bullshit. Yeah. They believed uh, that she voluntarily ran away due to losing custody of her son. So they just thought that she had given up and took off. No. No. Yeah. No. There was also criticism of her removal from the National Crime Information Center database after 15 months. So after being on there for 15 months, they took her name off of the database. And because of this, her abduction was largely unknown prior to her rescue. She didn't get any, like... News coverage or anything. no missing persons. No. No nothing. No. Nothing was done to look for her because they thought she just ran away. Mm. I know. It's so sad. Um, The next victim was Amanda Berry, who disappeared April 21st, 2003. So if you'll go back to that picture that says then, she is the one in the headband on the left. Okay. 
they're all so young. I know. She's so cute. Yeah. She's got a little eyebrow piercing, too. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Twinning with Brittany. I know. Twinsies. Um, when she was abducted, it was the day before her 17th birthday. She was last heard from around 8 p.m. when she called her sister and told her that she was getting a ride home from her job at Burger King. The FBI initially considered her a runaway until a week later. I know. Until a week later when an unidentified man used her phone to call her mother and say, quote, I have Amanda. She's fine and will be coming home in a couple of days, end quote. Huh? Yeah. Her case, though, got a lot more coverage. Thank God. You know, as compared to none from Michelle Knights. Um, she was featured on America's Most Wanted in 2004, where she was linked to another missing girl named Gina De Jesus, who we'll get to in just a moment. Okay. Barry and De Jesus were profiled on the Oprah Winfrey show and the Montel Williams show. On one of those, psychic Sylvia Brown told Amanda Berry's mother, Luana Miller, in 2004, that Amanda was dead and in the water. Holy. <gasps> I know. This psychic stuff is so messed up. Okay, getting... now that you say that, I do remember it. Yeah. We, I remember the psychic part. On our list, we have a whole episode dedicated to psychics coming up in the future. So we'll get into all that mm-hmm. later. But this, of course, devastated Luana. But she continued to search for her daughter before she ended up dying of heart failure in March 2006. So she died before she before got to she see her daughter found again. Her baby. Yeah, she had no idea what happened to her. That breaks my heart. On December twenty fifth, two thousand six, Amanda Berry gave birth to a daughter that DNA confirmed Castro fathered. Oh, mm-hmm. that's hard. That's yeah. hard. So the next victim. Oh. God, yay, there's more. Gina De Jesus was 14 when she disappeared. <gasps> so no. mm. if you'll look at the picture, the then picture, she's the one in the middle um, with the long, dark hair and that huge smile she on her face. She is beautiful. Yes. Oh, she's just a baby. A 14 years old. Hell no. Yeah. Mm. She was last seen around 3 p.m. on April 2nd, 2004 at a payphone while on the way home from school. Okay. Are you ready for this next tidbit? No, This is going to make you go, what in the actual? Okay. Bring it on. Let's go. At the time, she was a friend of Castro's daughter, Arlene. Arlene was actually the last person to see Gina before her disappearance. Oh, so he abducted uh, his daughter's friend. Uh, Gina okay. was... Gina was under the impression that her friend's dad, uh, Ariel, was just going to give her a ride home from school. No one witnessed her abduction, and no Amber Alert was issued. God! I know! This enraged her father, obviously. Yeah! Um, And he said in 2006, quote, The Amber Alert should work for any missing child. Whether it's an abduction or runaway, a child needs to be found. We need to change this law. End quote. I think it has actually been changed. I think so, too. Now. I think you can Amber Alert for like immediately. Any, any missing kid right away. Yeah. I know my phone goes off all the time. Yeah. Um, the disappearances got regular media attention into 2012. The disappearances of Barry and De Jesus. Okay. The families held many public vigils. Castro was actually in attendance for at least two of them. Motherfucker. Of course he was. Yeah. Of course he was. They always are. He also participated in a search party and tried to get close to the De Jesus family. So um, I didn't put this in my notes, but I learned this when I was reading that their families actually knew each other. Like he knew of them. Like I said earlier, their daughters were friends. Um, But after the abduction, he just tried to get closer to him, which is just ridiculous to me. Like I don't get it. It's so sick. He claimed that he didn't realize at the time of her abduction that she was from that family. But come on, dude. Bullshit. I call bullshit. Right? No. He knew. Yeah. So, um, here's, here's what happened during these abductions. We're going to actually get into it. Okay. When Castro took the girls, he brought them to his home and took them upstairs. And if you'll go look at the notes, I have a picture of the house, of what it looked like right after... The girls uh, were rescued. 
All boarded up. Yeah. Wow. That looks like an abandoned house. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Hang on. He needs to mow his yard. I can't with you. I can't with you. <laughs> he tied their hands and feet together and pulled them up by their neck, hands, and feet. So I'm guessing he like strung them up. Neck, hands, and feet. I... Yeah, like. Okay. Like I'm guessing with their back up to the ceiling, their neck. Uh, maybe maybe the other way maybe either their way belly up to the yeah but like that's how he would t- i guess that's how he got them to submit because he only did that right after he took them mm. he would leave them for days with no food prosecutors at the sentencing this is gonna be kind of long but wait, i wait I, did what? he leave them strung up for days or just left them down strung, in the basement sh- no they're not in the basement he took them upstairs oh that's right yeah, he took them upstairs, tied their hands and feet together, strung them up by their neck, hands, and feet, and oh would leave them God. for days yep. there with no strung food. Up. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and this next part's kind of long, but I'm quoting it word for word. I got it from Wikipedia. Uh, the prosecutors at the sentencing wrote that diaries kept by the women, quote, speak of forced sexual conduct, of being locked in a dark room, of anticipating the next session of abuse, of the dreams of someday escaping and being reunited with family, of being chained to a wall, of being held like a prisoner of war, of missing the lives they once enjoyed, of emotional abuse, of his threats to kill, of being treated like an animal, of continuous abuse, and of desiring freedom, end quote. Mm. I, like, there's no way I'd be able to read that diary. Uh, that would break my heart. Mm. Thank so God we don't have to, right? So the girls were kept locked up in an, in the upstairs bedrooms and were forced to use plastic toilets. They were fed one meal a day and allowed to shower twice a week at the most. Well, Pat, yeah, at least he let him. Well, least, because because uh, he was screwing uh, them. Uh, 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 yep. Um, Castro impregnated Michelle Knight five times, but induced. Jesus. Induced miscarriages each time through beating and starving her. <sighs> Knight's grandmother. I have, no huh? I have no words for this. I know. Guy. It's horrific. I'm just N- going to let you finish. Knight's grandmother would later tell reporters that her beatings were so severe that she lost hearing in one ear and would need some facial reconstruction surgery. De Jesus reported that she was raped but never impregnated to her knowledge. When Amanda gave birth in December 2006, because remember I uh, told you earlier on yeah. that one of the girls did actually have a baby. So I guess he decided to let that one yeah, survive. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Um, Castro ordered Knight, the girl that he had induced all those miscarriages on. Yeah. He ordered her to assist in the birth of Amanda's baby. It's fucked up. He threatened to kill her if the child didn't survive. Castro would sometimes take Barry's daughter out into public with him. He would sometimes introduce her as his daughter from a previous relationship and other times would introduce her as his grandchild. (laughs) And this poor, sweet little baby girl thinks this is what life is supposed to be like and is so confused and it's so sad. That poor baby. So he was just using her to go out and catch more bait. Uh, I don't know. Picking up women, you know, maybe puppies and babies. Puppies and babies. You're right. And I didn't put this in the notes either, but speaking of poor little baby girl, um, her name was Jocelyn. And Amanda taught her how to read and write and everything while they were held captive. So she still took care of baby girl. Okay. Okay. Um, But with this whole ordeal, Castro did not have an exit plan and did believe that he would eventually be caught. Police found proof of this when they found a suicide note he wrote uh, in his home when they were searching it after the fact, mm-hmm. discussing the abductions, and wrote that he wanted his money and possessions to go to the victims. Like, seriously, is that want... like your way of saying sorry? Like He's making it all better. Here yeah. you go. And you saw his house. Anything. How much money yeah, and possessions does he have? Nasty shit. Yeah, burn I just, it. I can't. I can't. On May 6th, 2013, Barry was able to make contact with Castro's neighbors. So when Castro left the house that day, he failed to lock the big inside door. 
but he did leave the storm door bolted. She didn't attempt to break through the door because she was afraid she was being tested. Mm. So sometimes he would uh, do things to test them to see if they would try to escape. Like he would leave that door unlocked or he would leave the storm door open or he would leave, you know, like a crack in a window or something, but them not be able to open it all the way. And if they tried to escape, he would beat them. He is so He would just sick. like wait and watch and see if they tried to escape. And if they did, he would beat them. So instead of trying to get out, she just started screaming for help because she saw people outside. So okay. she just started there screaming for help. These women, there's going to be a lot of yes queen moments coming up. Uh, yeah. Because it's just insane. So neighbors Angel Cordero and Charles Ramsey came to her rescue and kicked a hole in the bottom of that door for Barry and her daughter to oh, fall through. thank God. So if you go look at the notes, there's one that says neighbor. Mm-hmm. This is Charles Ramsey. And I know, I know you have to recognize this man. You <gasps> have to. Do you remember, like, because his little clip, his little interview clip There's, was everywhere. Yes. He said, you know something's wrong when a white girl's yelling at a black man, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> I think there were some memes and stuff. I know. He there. was so animated about it, but hero. Hero Charles Ramsey. Love and you, then Charles. I didn't see, I didn't dig too deep, but I didn't find any pictures of Angel Cordero. But this man circulated everywhere, so I knew he'd be familiar to y'all um, from all the memes and videos yeah, and stuff. Yeah, But Hero. I love both of them. So once they helped her, helped her through the door, she ran to the neighbor's house and called 911. Responding officers came in, guns drawn, and searched the home. When they entered the upstairs hallway, Knight came out of a bedroom, leapt into an officer's arms, and screamed, You saved me! Soon after, De Jesus emerged from another bedroom. All three women and the child were taken to a nearby hospital. So, if you'll look at the notes again, real quick, you'll see uh, a picture that says Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. That's Amanda Berry with her daughter Jocelyn in the hospital after they were rescued. Oh, so my that's gosh. the little girl. And Jocelyn really doesn't realize what just she has no happened. idea what just happened. She has no idea how oh, much danger she look was at, in. Look at the mall, though. I know she uh, is so happy to be out of there. She, <laughs> yeah, she saved her daughter's life. Not just her life; she saved yeah. her daughter's life. Oh my god! Oh my god! Precious. So it didn't take long. So they got. They escaped on May May 6th, 2013, mm-hmm. and Castro was arrested May 6th, 2013. Hell yes. So, took no time at all, and if you want to go to the notes again real quick, there's one that says Castro mugshot. That's him on the day of his arrest. With, like, mm. a little smug half grin going on. Yeah. Like, it just, <laughs> oh my God. He's that like, picture angers me so much. Yeah. it's He's just like, yep. Like, you do you me. not give a shit about what no. you just, what no. you did? No, he doesn't give a fuck. No. Oh. He Ugh. made his first court appearance on May 9th, where bail was set at $2 million per kidnapping, totaling $8 million. Fabulous. So they were counting the daughter, too. So the three women and the little girl. Good. Additional charges pending were aggravated murder for the miscarriages he induced, Attempted murder, assault, a charge for each rape, and a kidnapping charge for each day each captive was held. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So May 14th, Castro's attorneys, which obviously are garbage people, Uh. stated he would plead not guilty to all charges if indicted for kidnapping and rape. On July 12th, the grand jury ultimately indicted him on 977 counts. 512 counts of kidnapping, 446 counts of rape, 7 counts of gross sexual imposition, 6 counts of felonious assault, 3 counts of child endangerment, 2 counts of aggravated murder, and 1 count of possession of criminal tools and a partridge in a pear tree. (laughs) Yes. Oh, they slapped him with whatever they could. Everything. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so moving right along. July 17th, Ariel Castro pleaded not guilty, but he eventually came Mm. to his senses Uh and pleaded guilty on July 26th 
to 937 of the 977 charges as part of a plea bargain. How the hell could he even be given the opportunity to plead not guilty? I mean, it's his right. I don't give a shit. All the evidence (laughs) is there. (laughs) It's his right to plead not guilty. Mm -mm. But him taking this plea deal was, it didn't really do him any favors. No. So let me just tell you, let me just tell you. Under the plea deal, he forfeited his assets, including his home, which was eventually demolished. It's not there anymore. You can't even see it on, like, Google Road View. Good. In court, Judge Michael Russo told Castro, quote, you will not be getting out. Is that clear? End quote. And Castro's reply was, quote, I do understand that, Your Honor. End quote. At the sentencing hearing on August 1st, he was sentenced to consecutive life terms plus a thousand years without parole. Nice. So, if you want to go look at the notes real quick, you get to see him in handcuffs. It's a picture that says Castro in court. No, I want to see him strung up by his neck and hands and feet and tortured is what I want. Well, all you get is this picture in handcuffs with his garbage lawyers. They do look really scumbags. Sleazy. Fuck those guys. Y'all. Castro addressed the court for nearly 20 minutes. Okay, this is going to be another what in the actual fuck moment. Oh, my God. Okay. I would not want to hear anything that that asshole has to say. I know. (laughs) He addressed the court for nearly 20 minutes where he claimed he was a good person and not a monster. Mm. He also said he was addicted to sex and porn and had practiced, quote, the art of masturbation, end quote, (laughs) from a young age, as all men do. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Mom. <laughs> they don't listen. Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> he claimed he never beat and tortured the women and that most of the sex was consensual. I call bullshit again. Yes, again. But even so, like, I mean, he said most of the sex, so he's still admitting to raping yeah. them. <laughs> Castro would shift between apologizing, blaming law enforcement for not catching him, <laughs> Blaming the victims for getting into the car with a stranger and then complaining and saying the girls weren't even virgins. Oh my God. What the? When I was reading that, it was like, you have got to be you, kidding me. Yeah. They're not even virgins. It's, it's so their it's, fault it doesn't matter. They got in the car. Um, you're the one that asked them to yet. Under, under a guise. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I just, they can't. weren't even virgins. Oh, I can't. They were ruined already, so what does it matter? Yeah. Oh, my God. He finishes by saying, quote, I hope they can forgive me because we had a lot of harmony going on in that home, end quote. Can you say delusional? Harmony? Harmony. Delusional. That's what harmony is? I can't. I can't with him. I can't. The sentencing judge heard from Knight and family members of Barry and De Jesus. So Amanda Barry and Gina De Jesus did not go to court, but they had family members that did. Okay. But listen to this queen, Michelle Knight here. Yeah. Here's what she told Castro at the sentencing. Quote. Oh, yes. Quote. You took 11 years of my life away. I spent 11 years in hell. Now your hell is just beginning. I will overcome all that has happened, but you will face hell for eternity. I will live on. You will die a little every day as you think of the 11 years of atrocities you inflicted on us. I can forgive you, but I will never forget. End quote. Yes. Yes, Quinn. I know. Mm. I just want to hug her. Give her high fives. So she got to like look something. at him and tell him that. Mm-hmm. The other two couldn't do it, and I don't blame uh, them for that one bit. Could. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I, yeah. Oh, my God. So, Michelle Knight ended up legally changing her name to Lily Rose Lee, uh-huh. which I understand wanting yeah. to change your name. But if you'll go um, if you'll go back to the notes real quick and see the picture that says now. Okay. She is the one on the right. She's got super short hair and glasses. Yeah. And you can tell she looks a lot different. Yeah. She's her com- jawline looks different. And you can tell her nose has been broken. Yeah. She does have a little bit of a messed up smile now. Mm-hmm. Poor baby. But, so, gosh, she's so strong. I just can't imagine. I, I can't imagine. I can't either. Oh, my God. Um, Her son, you remember her little son, Joey, from the beginning? Yeah. Was adopted by his foster parents. And while she wants to see him... 
She doesn't want to disrupt his life with this ordeal. Right. Which has got to be incredibly painful because she didn't choose to not see him for the last 11 years. Right. She was kept from him, but she doesn't want to disrupt his life. And that just, I can't imagine. Uh, Very selfless. Very. Yeah. She does hope to reunite with him when he becomes an adult. So she's going to let him have his childhood. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know. I would want my baby. I know. That's what I'm saying. I can't believe they were allowed to, I guess they adopted him when, I mean, they didn't know where she was. Yeah. They thought thought she she ran away or yeah. Yeah. I mean, 11 years. What would you Mm -hmm. think? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, they didn't think she was dead. They thought she just took off because they were already, he was already in foster care. Oh, I know. I'm just saying like in my mind, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, after 11 years, I mean, what, those are like the two possibilities that you would think of. Yep. You're right. So, oh man. Um, she did end up getting married in 2016 and hopes to adopt children since she likely isn't able to have children of her own after all the abuse because of the miscarriages and everything. She does plan to reconnect with the other girls, but right now she's just focusing on her own healing. That would be hard. Yeah. You know, everybody, everybody goes through things differently. They deal with things and process things Mm -hmm. differently. Mm -hmm. And some people would want that camaraderie and some people would just want to separate from it. And so she just wants to separate. I probably would. Yeah. I mean, maybe be Facebook buddies or something, but yeah, I don't, yeah, that would be hard. I don't even relive it as soon as you saw each other, you know, I don't even know. Mm. Both Amanda Berry and Gina de Jesus received honorary high school diplomas. Nice. Um, if you'll go look, this is the last little picture. If you'll look at that now picture again. So Gina de Jesus is the one in the center with the super short hair. And Amanda Berry is the one on the left. God, strong, strong women right yes. there. And they're also, they're still so young. I know. Mm-hmm. These girls here, queens as well, because listen to what they've decided to do with their life since they got out. Okay. Uh, De Jesus is currently volunteering with the Amber Alert Committee, offering comfort to families of abducted children. So she's the one that they would not place the Amber Alert on. Mm. But now she's like, no, I'm going to run this shit. Watch. She's helping them out. Good. She does remain in touch with Amanda Berry and her family. Okay. Barry joined the staff of WJW Fox 8 in Cleveland, where she hosts short recurring segments where she reports missing persons cases. Oh, my gosh. So she's trying, like, they both have decided to do something to help other missing people. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Super admirable. So, (laughs) let's hear what happened to Castro, shall we? Ugh. This do I little, want to? Yeah, you do. This little okay. paragraph right here is short and sweet. All right. Hit me. Ariel Castro was found hanging from a bedsheet in his cell on September 3rd, 2013, one month into his sentence. He was 53 years old. It was confirmed to suicide. He left behind a shrine of family photos, a Bible, and a prison journal in his cell. The end. That's all I got. Hmm... Okay, I'm glad that he's in hell, most likely, but it's he didn't suffer fair. enough. He I didn't know. suffer enough. I don't like it when they commit suicide in jail. That's not, it's not it's fair. It's not enough. It's not fair. It's not he enough. should have to suffer for at least 11 years, for goodness sake. Yeah. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. at least, at least he's gone. Okay. Thank God. Jesus woman. I know. I'm sorry. It was so heavy with this shit. It's super heavy for early in the morning. I'm sorry. Oh my God. That's okay. But when we chose to do abductions, I couldn't not do that one. Well, I mean, and there's no, I mean, it's abductions. Like there's Mm -hmm. no light case of abductions. Like it's, you're right. They're all awful. That one was super heavy. Oh my goodness. So now it's your turn. Good job. Jesus. Okay. I'm ready. Here goes. Have you ever heard of the girl in the box? I have heard of the girl <laughs> in the box. And this is extremely fucked up. Mm-hmm. I don't remember all the details. I'm so ready for you to refresh my memory. I found as many factual details as I could. So. I know there's lots of stories swimming around. There, there. are. 
Um, I researched, I think, every article that there is about this girl. And here's what I got. Okay. In May of 1977, 20-year-old Colleen Sand was hitchhiking from her home in Eugene, Oregon, to a friend's home in Red Bluff, California. She was going to go surprise her for her 21st birthday. Aww. Colleen was wandering along Interstate 5 looking for a ride when 23-year-old Cameron Hooker <laughs> and his okay. wife, 19-year-old Janice, pulled over and offered their assistance. Go to the notes. Okay. I have a picture of Miss Colleen. Okay. Girl, you deliver with some pictures today. I know. <laughs> There's so many. Okay. With like the mountains in the background. Mm-hmm. That's Colleen. Okay. And I'm sorry. What year was this again? This was the 70s. 77. Okay. I see it in her hair. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she was definitely like living the hippie lifestyle. I'm about it. Yeah. yeah girl. She's got that long, beautiful hair. She was an experienced hitchhiker, and she had actually allowed two rides to go past before she accepted the ride with Hooker. She said she reportedly felt confident climbing into their blue van because his wife and their eight-month-old infant were in there, too. Oh, my goodness. Okay. When they stopped at a gas station a few miles into the journey, Colleen went to use the bathroom. Uh, When she was in there, she said she actually heard a voice telling her to run and jump out a window and never look back. Uh, but she calmed her fears and went back to the car. No. She should have no. trusted her gut. Always go with your gut. Yes, I am so not victim blaming, but you listen to that voice. Who cares if it's wrong? Wouldn't you rather be right? Yes. Instincts, people. We have them for a reason. Yeah. Oh, it's a, okay. Poor girl. Okay. Half an hour later, Hooker drove down a dirt track where he pulled a knife on Colleen and put it to her throat. He bound her uh, by her wrists and gagged her before locking her into a 20-pound hinged box. Okay. Cameron built it. Its purpose, uh, he was actually a skilled carpenter. Of course he was. It's called the head box. Um, It was lined with soundproof material to keep her head quiet. It was designed to prevent light, sound, and fresh air from entering. It was actually in the back seat with Colleen when she came back from the bathroom. Like okay. he had gotten it out of the back and put it in the back seat with her. But um she didn't know what it was and she just was like, Okay, whatever. It's a what you know. I mean Ugh. she didn't think anything Run. of it. Yeah. So she brushed it off and for the next seven years. Colleen would lead the life of a sex slave. I have a picture of the head box. Okay. If you want to look at that. Um, It's got latches and stuff all over it. It, she, it raised up. Okay. Okay. I see how it raises up. See how it unlatches. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just closes on top of her head, but it's got this fabric like surrounding her head. So it was like inside of there. So it was super hard to breathe. Oh my gosh. So, how the fuck could these people do this with their child in the car? Let's look into some background of these sick motherfuckers, shall we? Yes, let's do. Okay. Cameron actually had a pretty normal childhood. He was even described as a happy child. It wasn't until he met Janice that his dark side came out. Janice was actually 15 when she met 19-year-old Hooker. Uh, I have a picture of Cameron and Janice. Oh, wow. Okay. That's not cute. No. He is not a good-looking guy. He's got those creepy 70s serial killer rapist glasses yes, on. Yes, he does. Is that, like, part of their part of their thing? I think it's the kit. You know, like, when you start being a serial killer, you get the serial kit. Serial killer kit. Mm-hmm. You get the glasses. The glasses and the creepy hairdo okay. and all that. Yeah. All right. Well. And there's also a picture of Janice. Uh, that is 9977. I will try to have, I'll, I'll relabel all these okay, for y'all. Okay, so she got the case too, like the, she got the kit too. Yeah. She's got, <laughs> she the, got glasses the glasses and too. the hair. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what an awful facial expression that is. I know. And that's the that only so picture. Creepy. That's the only picture of her. Like in that time period, that's the only, it's that is everywhere. So oh my gosh. Yeah. That look is like, okay. Um, but Janice was actually, uh, pretty insecure and she admitted that no matter how good or rotten a guy was to her she just latched on to them she was that type of chick 
That's so sad. She remembered Hooker as nice, tall, and good-looking and was delighted by the interest of the older boy. She later described herself as the kind of person who gave in to somebody who would love her. I'm sorry, but that's... I hate to call her a weak-ass bitch, but come on, love yourself more than that. Yeah. You know, come on. You're right. When Hooker asked if he could suspend her from a tree by leather handcuffs, something he had claimed to do with with his other girlfriends, she said, okay. Um, What? Okay, on one hand, yes, please. But... (laughs) From a tree? Well, I mean... A headboard, maybe. A tree? Outdoors? Oh, my gosh. I can't. I can't with you. (laughs) Okay. But, I mean, it, it wasn't all fun and games. Yeah. The experience was painful he he did abuse her and even though it hurt and scared the shit out of her he was so sweet to her afterward that she managed to forget about all the shit that he had just done to her <laughs> no mm-hmm. he's like it's okay i love you you know you know all the bullshit Abu- that you hear from the from abusers. abusers yeah oh goodness we've seen enough lifetime movies Honey. we know how it goes yeah as the relationship progressed so did the violence and the craziness that same year, I think they met in 75. I believe that's when they were married. It was 75. Okay. Uh, they were married, and Cameron and Janice came to the agreement that they would have a child. He'd let her have a kid if he would let her have a, a sex slave. What? Mm-hmm. So she wanted a kid, mm-hmm. and he was like, okay, you can have one if I can have a sex slave? Yeah. Well, that way all the torture and what? stuff could stop actual- on her. Yeah. Well, because she didn't want to go through that anymore, so she was like, here, just get you a a slave girl. Oh, my gosh. I can't. Mm -hmm. So, it gave him an outlet for his painful fantasies, and um, they agreed that he would never have intercourse with the girl. It would just be whatever else he wanted to do to her, but no intercourse. Then you can't call her a sex slave. She's a torture victim. Well... (sighs) I mean, there's oral sex and anal sex. Oh, okay. Just not vaginal. Oh, my goodness. That's where we draw the line. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So. The most natural of the activities. We're going to draw the line right there. Fuck. (laughs) Okay. So, they went hunting. Yeah. All right. Enough of them assholes. Back to Colleen. Uh, Okay. So, she was kidnapped put in their car he did not remove the head box until they were back at their home at which point he hung colleen from the ceiling naked and blindfolded and gagged her uh with another gag device whatever you want uh he beat and raped her with objects because he wasn't allowed uh you know because he's a good husband and wants to be loyal to the agreement he and his wife have i can't oh no it gets better the couple then celebrated by having sex on a table right under her while she was hanging from the ceiling. Words are not coming out of my mouth. <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah. It didn't. The, the no intercourse thing actually didn't last. Okay. One day he tried to have a threesome with Colleen and his wife and he actually raped Colleen for the first time. And after that, it just became a regular thing. Oh my God. His wife was like, whatever. She was upset about it, but. She really couldn't do anything about it. She was probably terrified of him. She was. She was. She was. A, she was. I hate to say she she was a victim as well, but she was. She was. You know, uh, the first night, Colleen remained bound and gagged and forced into a three by six foot wooden box that was kept in their basement. It was crate size. So, uh, like the way it was designed, it was too short for her to lay down. So she was forced to sit up 24 seven. Oh. And she was also wearing the head box. Oh, my gosh. She said that she could barely breathe. And to make it worse, if she started to scream, hello, how could you not? I mean, oh, my God. He would place constricting bands around her chest, making it even harder. She really thought that she was going to die. Well, yeah. Mm, There are pictures of the restraints that he would put on her. There are several. It's a little blurry, but you can see. Oh, my see. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she had a collar around her neck. Um, those are the straps that he would put around her chest and stuff. She, those um, leather yeah. wrist restraints are over there. Mm-hmm. She also had something around her head. It was kind of like a bondage mask. Mm. Yep. As if the head box wasn't enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, he was just trying to cover all bases, I guess. 
So, yeah, he decided to keep her. But she was only allowed out of the box one hour a day. Mm. That's right. Yep. 23 hours a day, bound and gagged, while wearing the damn head box. Oh, my gosh. This is where she remained for the first few years of her captivity. The hookers later moved to a mobile home because they couldn't keep her in the basement anymore. Um, people, you know, he had a landlord, all that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. So he didn't want to get caught. <laughs> so they moved to a mobile home and he built her a coffin-like box that was under their very own waterbed. Mm. There's a picture. Oh, gosh. I have a picture of the house and their bed. You can see the opening. Let's see. The house and that's actually Colleen standing out in front of it. That's from a clip from Inside Edition. Okay. That's their house. How could she even go back there? Uh, I, I don't know if I would be able to. to <sighs> the new box allowed her to sleep lying down, but the conditions were still unbearable. There was um, There were small air holes, and he did have a small fan in there. But during the summer months, it reached over 100 degrees inside the box. I believe it. To go to the bathroom, she was given a bedpan. But remember, her feet were bound. Her hands were bound. So what good is she, the bedpan? She scooted it up to her with her feet. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't. Uh, during the first month, she lost 22 pounds. I believe that. I have two pictures of the actual box. It's really hard for me to look at those. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, it's stained with her body fluids. Yeah. You can tell. And there's, um, in the other one, there's a picture or in it, there's a lady lying down in it to show what it would be like. Oh my gosh. And that outer box is like the bed frame or whatever. Pretty much the bed frame. And then that's what it looked like inside. Oh my gosh. What? That's a horrible existence. Mm -hmm. Even without all the abuse and rape. Yeah, just being just in that being box in that for box. 23 hours a day with yeah. nothing but, I mean, she's getting mentally, I don't, I mean, she couldn't even, like, kill herself. Like, there was no way for her to escape that at all. Yeah. Um. It, she, it's, I think I read later, like, she would compartmentalize and just escape out of her brain as much as possible. Ugh. Mm-hmm. You poor baby queen. Yeah. Uh. In January of 1978, Hooker forced Colleen to sign a slave contract, which forced her to give up her own free will, and she would be treated as their slave for life, not just his. Oh, my gosh. He even renamed her K, like the letter K. Oh, my gosh. She was to address him as master and Jan as ma'am. Colleen was told that if she escaped a sex slave ring named The Company... Would torture her and kill her family. I've heard of this. It's a thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a thing. And he said that he was with the company. Oh, my gosh. Um, I didn't remember that detail. Yeah. So that's why you'll see. Hooker had done his homework on brainwashing and used isolation, starvation, severe beatings, torture, bathroom privileges, and sex- sexual abuse to bring her to a state of complete submission. During her one hour of freedom each night, the couple regularly whipped her, beat her, burned her, electrocuted her. They also stretched her on a rack. So desperate to be free from all of this, she signed the contract. Where uh, were the, like, where was their child during all this shit? Her child had, there. I mean, the child was a baby. It's totally clueless. I mean, the kid was like, what, eight months old? So, Yeah. The child was oblivious. There is a picture of the contract. Okay. Or like a little little snippet clip of it. But I think I used the one where it shows her signature. Yeah. On it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. It's awful. I mean, it it was pretty long. It's a pretty long contract. Um, he actually got all this. He wanted her to be like the female character in the 1954 French erotic novel, The Story of O. I looked it up. Eh, it's pretty damn graphic. You've been warned. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, she was a slave as well. She was given more and more freedom with this contract and was allowed to do chores around the house. Oh, how nice. 
And I'm she, guessing actually it probably was nice after being locked in a box I for mean, 23 hours a day. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, like scrubbing floors and cooking dinner and all that kind of stuff. She was even their children's nanny. Yes, I said children's. They had another one. Janice gave birth to their second child on their bed while Colleen was locked in the box underneath it. Oh. Uh, Oh, I can't even finish it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So the couple had two young daughters, and neither one of them daughters. Reli- daughters. That's even worse. Daughters. Mm-hmm. What if somebody treated your daughter that way? Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. He obviously didn't see it that way. Okay, I'm gonna sip my coffee. Just tell me more horrible things. Okay. Um. Oh, here it is. The daughters. Neither one of them realized that their parents held Stan against their will. In fact, the couple's daughters didn't even know that Stan lived in their house, much less underneath their parents' bed in a wooden box. They told them that she went home every night. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so terrible. Colleen was eventually allowed to work in the yard and even go jogging. She helped him build bigger accommodations like an underground dungeon out in the like in their shed in the backyard mm-hmm. for more slaves oh no for oh, more she slaves. was still gonna have to sleep in the box mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay yeah she slept in the box every night i think sometimes he actually slept let her sleep in the bed with him and his wife oh, oh. um but most of the time she was oh. in the box mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gross <laughs> get this shit Janice and Colleen became drinking buddies and would go to bars together. No. Yeah. Even with an open door, neighbors, and a telephone, she made no attempt to escape because fear of the company. Oh, my gosh. She was so brainwashed and so fucking scared that she, even when she had the opportunity, she didn't run. Yeah. Uh, additionally, she was allowed to visit her family in 1981. But she didn't reveal her situation due to her fear of the consequences. And her family thought that she was involved in a cult. Like, they never reported her missing during all this time. They just thought, since she was such a free spirit, they just thought that she had just run off and was just doing whatever. It's not like they had cell phones and stuff. Like, if they thought she was in a cult, you should still try to save her, for goodness sake. Nope, nope. Um, they They didn't want to pressure her. Because they didn't want to make her, like, stay away. So they just kind of acted like they were cool. Let Ashton grow up and be in a cult. I'll be damned. I don't know. These people. I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So they thought she was in a cult because of her homemade clothes, lack of money, and absence of communications over the years. The next day that she was visiting, Stan returned with Hooker. Posing as her boyfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this is so messed up. Yeah. She explained that she was happy about vis- visiting her family, who were therefore able to take a photograph of her and Cameron happily smiling together. Would you like to see the happy couple? No. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna. Okay. <laughs> I think I see it. Yeah. It's she's got uh, her arms cringe. around him. She's smiling like Cringy. she's got her head buried into him. Like she's just so she look, happy. She looks happy. She really does look happy. Probably because she ain't in a box. Uh, I don't. And he looks disgusting, creeper. Yeah. Well, don't worry. Oh my gosh. Where, where was her daddy at? My daddy wouldn't let that happen. Her her daddy just whatever. Oh my gosh. I know. Um, there actually is like no information on her family. I try because they're embarrassed. <laughs> like, I don't even. They're I don't, embarrassed of not saving their daughter. I believe she had a sister. Uh, I don't know anything about her mom. Like, there's nothing. Yeah, this so is anyway, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, they're embarrassed. <laughs> Can you blame them? <laughs> I'm sure they would get a lot of shit for this. Yeah. So, according to Stan, uh, Hooker feel, feared after this that he had given her too much freedom and took her back to the mobile home where he, again, locked her in the wooden box for 23 hours a day for the next three years. It was stated in court that Hooker's children were told Kay had just gone home, like she was no longer employed. So, uh, it was not until 1983 that Stan was reintroduced to the children and the neighbors 
And she was also allowed to get a job as a maid at a motel. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, I know. What the actual... I, I can't. Hooker wanted Stan to then become his second wife, which was a turning port point for Janice. She It upset her, and she decided to come clean and told Colleen that the company she was scared about, uh, he was not a part of it. Like, it, it did exist, but she he was not a part of it. It okay. was all bullshit. Oh, my gosh. Because yeah. she, she was jealous. She didn't want to share well, She was jealous, anymore. and then she also, I mean, it... It was wearing on her. It was it was getting to her. She just couldn't Probably do it anymore. Because she's a mother. Yeah. At least somebody had a conscience in this shit. Um. So one day when Janice was supposedly driving her to her hotel job, she actually took her to a bus station in 1984. Well, and good, she actually good left. For you, Janice. Well, she actually left at that time too with her two daughters. Like, she just straight up Good. bolted from him Good. completely. Good. Oh, it's it's not done. Okay. It's not done. Now what? At the bus station, bizarrely, Colleen then phoned Cameron to say that she was leaving him. And he burst into tears. Of course he did. He was losing all his women. She didn't even report the kidnapping and abuse to the police when she got back. Um, what? She, yeah, she would actually, she actually called him several times and wrote him 29 love letters when he was in jail. Oh my gosh. Can you say Stockholm's much? Right? A little bit. Um, it was actually Janice that finally turned her husband over to the cops and she blamed him. So Janice ends up being the hero of this yeah. shit. Yeah. Good for you, Janice. Yeah, she actually ratted him out on another girl that they kidnapped and tortured. Marie Melise Elizabeth Spanhake. Um, I believe she was 19 when she was abducted back in January of 1976. They were un- uh, unable to locate the remains of the woman. Um, Janice told him, told them that they tortured her and eventually Cameron shot her in the stomach because she wouldn't stop screaming. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but due to the lack of physical proof, no murder charge was brought against them. Mm-hmm. Super, super sad. Yeah. Uh, there is a picture of Elizabeth. Oh, look how pretty. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Like, her eyes get me. Yeah. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. There was no physical proof of that one. Janice actually testified against her husband in court exchange for full immunity. Mm, whatever. Uh, I don't agree with that. I hate the full that. immunity thing, but whatever. I get, you know, but yeah, he, he did threaten she and was torture her too. too. Yeah, she was, she was forced too. to do this. Um, in the end, Hooker was sentenced to consecutive prison terms totaling 104 years for sexual assaults, kidnapping, and using a knife in the process. Yeah, whatever. That's... <laughs> I know it's 104 years, but to me, that's just not enough. Right. Um, he's actually up for parole. No! In 2023. He got parole? Mm-hmm. Um, uh. he, he was actually up for parole back in 2015, but it was denied. Surely they'll continue to deny it. Um, Jesus Christ, please, I hope so. But he doesn't see 2023. That's like right around the corner. Well, it was supposed to be March of 2021, but COVID messed with that. Ah, one good thing COVID (laughs) did. Yeah. Yeah. There was one good thing. That's it. That, that was the (laughs) one benefit of COVID. This fucker stayed in jail. Uh, He, he sounds like he's living it up though and he's loving it. He said, quote, I have a library, a gym and the time to enjoy them. And it's better than living in that house with those two women. Fuck you, dude. Right? He made those women what they were. Yeah. I hate him. I hate him. And you so know, much. as soon as he got out, he'd be right back to the, like, he'd be Absolutely. hunting for more slaves. Oh, yeah. He's not going to stop. Thank, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he had the uh, torture dungeon for it now. After the trial, Colleen um, recovered the best that she could. She studied for an accounting degree. Um, she also joined and volunteered for Reading Women's Refuge, Refuge Center. That's hard to say. <laughs> An organization to help abused women. 
but um she was left with you know some mental issues um oh of course you know because of her extended confinement and with the physical suffering of her capture she's left with chronic medical problems including severe back and shoulder damage janice reverted to her maiden name lashley became a registered associate social worker and has worked as a mental health professional what yeah no 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 honey yeah yeah She's the one that needed the mental help. Oh, my stars. Okay. Uh, I think they all do. So, yeah. Um, they both still live in California, but they do not communicate. Of course not. There's a movie and a documentary called Girl in the Box. We need to watch all these things. I bought it for one ninety nine on Amazon Prime. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> it's super cheap. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, I do have a picture of the head box from the movie. Just so you can see what it was like inside of the box for her. Okay, I see that. You see that? Yeah. Okay, and I also Uh, found a clip from Inside Edition that I'm going to post with the photos. Okay. Awesome. Um, Yeah. So that is Colleen Stan. I need a deep breath. That was great. (laughs) That was a good case. This was a heavy day, you guys. Yeah. This was we laid it on thick today. There I know. There is not a lot of opportunities to be silly in these. I, I know. I just, I tried. I couldn't do it. Well, I just took a glance at our schedule and I'm not going to give the topic away, but next week should be a little more lighthearted. Yeah. We're going to, if not, we're definitely switching it up. Cause yeah. now next week should be more lighthearted. Okay. But this was good too. <gasps> like major cases. That was insane. Yeah. When we were researching, we found so many different um, abduction cases. It was it was insane. It's so sad. So we'll probably have abductions 2.0 later, later oh, yeah. on because there's so much more to cover. Yeah. This was just one that has stuck out for me. Yeah. For a while. You oh did so God. good. I'm so proud of you. <gasps> yeah. Let's hit the road, bitch. <laughs> I know. Road trip. We're, we're, um, we're fine. So... Like Amanda said earlier, check us out on social media, um, on Facebook, Instagram. We got a Twitter. We don't know how to tweet, <laughs> but we got a Twitter. It's it's there. We so it's, it's active. Find <laughs> us, and eventually there will be content on the Twitter. Well, there there is. It's just not as much because it's Twitter. Yeah, we're gonna figure I it out. It's I, fine. I don't post the episode photos on Twitter. That's just too much. Yeah. Yeah, just go find us on social media and everything. Uh, follow along with our trip because we will be posting pictures. Hell yeah. There may be some embarrassing videos. You may get some sneak peeks of things Shit. that we're going to cover in the future. But, um, yeah, so follow us on social media so you can keep up with this stuff. And if you guys have any suggestions, we made a post a couple days ago. Um, but if you have any suggestions of places that we should see while we're in New Orleans, um, places we should eat. Things we should go do. We love Haunted, eating. creepy stuff. <laughs> if you have suggestions, get at us. Yeah, yeah. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at odditiesandcuriositiespodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, we uh, have one of those, too. We do. We have an email. <laughs> um, feel free to email us whenever. We like stuff. We want to read stuff. Yeah. So if you want to send us... Uh, Hump day treat suggestions. Oh, we yeah. love local places around Shreveport Bossier area. Oh, did you see what what uh, our friend Krista sent us? It's a recipe. It's a recipe book. I so there's actually see. two. I didn't see. Uh-huh. I must have read it before I saw there was something there. It's for um, serial killers' last meals, <gasps> and there's also one for like witchy cocktails. Okay, stuff coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> we got shit. Coming so yeah, soon. send us shit like that. We love it. Yes, yes. Thank you, Krista. Yeah. Um. Also, if you have any topic suggestions or any questions you want to ask, like hit us Anything. up. Anything. We're us here. Up. We have nothing yeah. better to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ooh. real quick, tiny antidote before we go. Oh, oh. So I was looking at our little analytics, and we're getting dots in other parts of the country. Hell people yeah! Listening. Yes. Really? Super exciting. Yes. We have 
of course, Louisiana and Texas listeners. Uh-huh. We've got some Tennessee listeners, some West Virginia, oh. some Pennsylvania. Hello. I know. Colorado. We've got a dog in Colorado yeah. now. So, yeah, we're just, we're spreading. Oh my God, we're growing. We're spreading. Thank, Thank you, guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate y'all's support. So, absolutely. Every bit of it. Yeah. Before we go today, we want to give, um, a couple shout outs. So we are here on episode, what is this? Five. Five. Episode five. And not one time have we shouted <laughs> out our very own Amanda no. for our artwork, for goodness sake. She put that together for us. We put together our favorite colors. She likes purple. I like black. And Bam. I threw you a couple go. ideas at her and she threw a lot of examples <laughs> to me. So. Good job, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, there there's a few. Yes. <laughs> she like killed options. it. She killed it. I love it. Uh, we also want to give a shout out to Craig Weaver for our awesome spooky tunes. Y'all. And to my husband, Stephen Gowetsky, for all the editing and such. We put him to work every week. So. All right. I guess that's it. Till next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye, you guys.